right, guys. Episode 22 with Jen Wiersma. We got to sit down. This was an inside episode. And, uh, man, it's hard not to like her, dude. I, I don't even know. I, she's just so well-spoken. And, and um, she's very professional. And she's really about everything she does you know she stands on what she believes in and she's a warrior dude super super happy to have her on that was a fun conversation yeah that was good yeah she is she's taken a lot of heat and she has remained professional and respectful throughout all of it you know all the attacks on her family and her personally and yeah she's standing behind you know what she said she was going to do so you got to admire that. But yeah, she's a, she's a warrior for Temecula. She had really good interview. You ever wonder what is the truth? There go those two guys again. Why do they care so much about the truth? I honestly think their questions for the truth are problematic. Don't we all? Here we are, Jen Wiersma. Hello. I'm very happy to have you here. I'm, I'm, uh, we're inside. It's, it's, uh, it's bad out, weather outside. Cold. It's, it's cold. rained yeah. forever. Yeah. Four days is forever in California. The flooding. No, no, no. Oh, we oh had a good God. winter. Yeah. Well, wherever we are, I'm happy to be sitting across from you. Finally, we've been talking about Yay, doing it and going have. back and forth. So, for starters, I guess I want to know a little bit about you that I don't really know. What brought you to Temecula originally? How long have you been here? What, what did that look like? So my family and I have been in Temecula for almost 20 years now. Oh, wow. Derek and I met in El Cajon, and uh, we had friends and family there. And then when we started having kiddos, we were looking for affordable housing, right? So I had a two-year-old, I had a six-month-old, and we started looking at Temecula. And I was impressed with the schools, the churches, the athletic groups. We just thought it was a beautiful area. We loved the wineries and thought we would move. And at the same time, my mother-in-law, father-in-law, they also moved with us. They bought the house right next door. <laughs> That's a whole podcast in and of itself. Um, but they've been wonderful grandparents. And then when we moved to Temecula, I had my third kiddo. So three in three years. So very hectic, but we've loved it. We know people all over the city. It was one of the best decisions we ever made. And business owners, friends, pastors, teachers, so many people have poured into the lives of my family. And so now as a trustee, I feel like this is my opportunity to give back. And it is fulfilling despite any difficulties, despite what we've gone through in the last year, it's all been worth it. And I feel like I've been called to continue on. So it brings me a lot of joy. Awesome. I would kind of have like a similar story. Yeah, I moved here. Yeah, 20, moved here in 2001 too. And then my grandparents on my mom's side live right up the street because my mom and them are really close. So they live, they <laughs> nice. moved the same time we moved. Yep. And yeah, like they're really close up the up the street too. But yeah, that's nuts. I mean, do you think it's changed? I mean, obviously it's changed a lot the last 20 or last 
three years. A lot has changed. The growth has been incredible. And for my kids, it was awesome. There was a gate between the two houses. So is it everybody loves Raymond that, that, you know, where the family was all there. And um, we just enjoyed so many things that Temecula had to offer growing up. Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel like it's a little crowded now, but um, we still love it. Our roots are here. And uh, I've had a lot of friends move out of state. You've probably seen it as well. Mm-hmm. Arizona, yeah. Florida, Idaho, Tennessee, Tennessee, North Texas. Carolina, Texas. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, I told my husband a couple of years ago, look, if you're not being called out of California, then I'd really like to consider running for local office. And because my kids went through TVUSD, I just felt drawn to that. I uh, went through cancer treatment and chemo and surgery back in 2020. And that was the same time COVID was going on. So oh it was gosh. really, I know, it was hard. It was the kids came home. I was sick in bed with no hair and not feeling great. And uh, it was during that time that I looked at a lot of things in my life and what I wanted to do. And, you know, I just thought if I get through it and I'm healthy, I want to serve and I want to give back. And there's nothing more important than education and protecting our kids. And I really feel like with where I'm at, I, I want to speak truth. I want to advocate for families. And I want to protect our kids. And that's all kids, you know, and we'll, we'll get into that. But each and every kid, no matter where they come from, their ethnicity, race, religious background, their, their, their gender, sexuality, any of those issues don't matter as a trustee. I think that they're all worthy to be in an environment where they're loved and where they can learn. They need to go where their purpose is. So I'm going to do that for them. Um, I'm interested to know and kind of what's the difference in the experience that you had like as a parent with students in the district compared to now where you're, you know, a a school board member. um, Are there any major changes that you see? You know, what's something that... Uh, you think is pretty critical there? Well, in in growing up, um, the kids did several different things for their education. We did a Christian school for a couple years. They went to Temecula Prep for four, which was a charter school. They attended Alamos. Uh, I actually homeschooled for middle school, and it was because I wanted that time with them to travel. They were in sports. I felt like we needed a little less drama. And then in high school, they came back to TVUSD and they were all athletes. So baseball, softball, um, basketball, we we loved it. And so they got started in the programs and I loved being a parent with, with kids at Great Oak High School. Ashley was in the International Baccalaureate program, excellent program. She learned to write, she had amazing teachers, she took AP courses, and then when COVID hit and she came home, she also did dual enrollment through Grand Canyon University. Mm. So by the time 2020 ended and she graduated, now granted she missed some of the milestones, she didn't have a normal graduation, no prom, no Disney grad night. I mean, we all know it was tough, but I saw how resilient she was. And she put her nose to the grindstone. The teachers hung in. She graduated, went off to college, and was done in two years as a result of what Great Oak was able to give her. Then my middle son, he took the CTE pathway for kinesiology. And uh, he graduated with that. He got certified as an EMT, and now he serves in Riverside County as one of the youngest EMTs. So I credit Great Oak for that. 
Um, my youngest wanted to go to Chaparral. There's a lot of kids in our neighborhood that, that went there. So he went to Chap. He had a great experience, but I will say when I stepped onto the board, it was his senior year, so last year. And unfortunately, he got the brunt of some ugly, oh, you know, and so that's the sacrifice that my family's made. Um, it's been tough. He had to go through some things and... Um, you know, there was a student that came to a board meeting and had some pretty serious allegations and things to say. And I was brand new as a trustee and I listened to his two minute public speech. Then I went to the school and we asked questions. Is there anything in his file? Can you corroborate or substantiate this? They couldn't. Hmm. There was an investigation and the bottom line is that there wasn't anything there. Um, but it was sad because it was taped and sent out on social media 200,000 times. So of that course. was my senior that kind of paid a price. And uh, he's a tough kid. And so I'm just grateful that they continue to support me and that I have a husband that's stood strong when he's watched some of what's gone on. And it hasn't been right. But as a family, it's also brought us closer together. And they know what I believe in fighting for. So through that, we've only become better and we don't take things for granted. Wow. Yeah, what an amazing thing for your son to have such a strong backbone. How far he's going to get in this in this future when there's not many, not too many high school like boys that are actually men that could stand behind what they say. Like you know, when I was in high school twenty years ago, it was like the wrestlers, the jocks. You know, they kind of like ran the school because they had backbone. Yeah, some were bullies or whatever, but there was never like any hardcore bullying that I really saw. I only went to TBHS like my senior year, moved to my senior year. But uh, yeah, how far your son could go with, yeah, if he could get through all the harassment because I can only mm -hmm. imagine, I can only imagine now, <laughs> yeah, I mean, back then we didn't even have social media. Yeah, so if anything right. went down at the school, it didn't get blasted there was a fight. People yeah. It's saw so it much more complicated now. Yeah. And you know, he had a good group of friends and it, it was funny to see the students just say, yeah, Aiden, we know you. We, and he's not a perfect kid, right? He hasn't done everything correctly, I'm sure. But in the end, I feel like we were vindicated. I was just sad for him. But it has made him stronger. You're exactly right. And I think in life, you know, we can't coddle the kids. We can't not expose them to differing thought, people who are going to disagree with them, people who might lie about who you are. It's going to happen. And so you need to dig deep and figure out who you are, what we've taught you, um, knowing you're not perfect. Apologize if you're wrong. If there's anything you've done, you better make it right mm -hmm. because that's what we're called to do. Um, but in the end, I think he walked away a better young man. And I'm really proud of him. So we got through it. I've definitely felt a big, you know, uh, a big portion of that as well. And, you know, my wife and I talk and we have kids in the district and we always think about this like, man, it, everything is so polarizing in our community and things just got so crazy so quick, it seems like, you know, um, talk to me a little bit about that. Like how what, from your from your position, what do you think really happened? Because I feel like you get the real brunt out of all the board members yeah. it's like they just go up there they ha they create public comments specifically to personally attack you that's and right it just blows my mind to see it's like this is such a waste of everybody's time this is so unprofessional it's like zero professional courtesy for our board members and other board members just sit back and let it happen you would think that you would think that allison or steven knowing that you can't say, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe they'd step up as leaders and say, hey, 
let's not talk to you know my peer like that let's try right. to be professional but they don't and, and that's another thing that's been rattling in my head over these months so I, I don't know I'm, I'm really interested in hearing from you a little bit about about that where, where do you think all those personal attacks are coming from I think that for the most part school boards in the past especially here in California have rubber stamped policy and agenda items and just gone with the flow there is a status quo in education and uh, it's hard to be elected and to get onto a school board. And if you have differing thought, if you wanna think outside the box, if you're going to speak truth and perhaps it doesn't align with union speak or the way things have always been done, there's something called the Temecula Way. And there's a lot of great things that we've done. We have an incredible legacy. And I will tell people, we have so many positive golden people and things that we offer our students. But what we can't be afraid of is to talk about the problems. And there are groups of people who just wanna sweep it under the rug. And I think we came onto the scene determined to do it differently. We invested a lot of time talking to people in the community who felt very strongly about issues that they saw during COVID and things that mattered to them. And I've made a point on social media to speak out. And so I think that's probably seen as a threat. Um, I humbly acknowledge I haven't gotten everything right, but I do stand on principles that you're not gonna sway me from. I'm not gonna be bullied and harassed away from what I believe is best. And it's such an honor to represent the community. And so because we came on the scene with some different policies that perhaps are seen as controversial, that kind of lit the fire. And uh, it's it's been a tough year, but in campaigning, I was very transparent with what I was planning to do. And I know Dr. Komorowski's done the same. Mm -hmm. And how rare is that? in politics or in any elected position or place of leadership for people to say something and carry through that's integrity no matter how hard it gets you don't change your tune you can grow you can learn you can absorb new things but principles remain the same and i'm determined to to continue to do that i will love the people in our district i will love our parents i will recognize you might have a differing opinion but i'm still going to speak the truth that I feel is correct and the best way to advocate for kids. And I think that's threatening to people, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. So it's interesting. What do you got, Derek? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it seems like they go after, they definitely went after you the hardest, but they kind of single people out. First, it was recall all three, then it went straight to Dr. K. And then they single on Dr. K, then they ran Danny out. But remember, they went to Danny's house when it was for sale. And it's that an ebb one and flow. was doing, yeah, yeah it's kind of, of an ebb and flow of like this the top five crazies that kind of go around and lead everything that are causing causing all the yes. devices. Yes, yes. Um, and you know what else? Yeah. Those guys have young <laughs> children. Okay, so when our names came out on tombstones for Halloween, my teens laughed. They're like, oh, it's funny. You know, and it's not. But but <laughs> they, their kids were younger. And I just thought, how insane is that? That Mr. Gonzalez and Dr. Kamraski have these young children that see that. They get to watch the Jumbotron trucks park in front of TVHS at a football game with our pictures about the recall or our names flashed on a party city building. I mean, for me, I've been really grateful that my kids have been older and that we can talk about it. Yeah. But I really felt 
for them. And you may or may not know it, but people did go after their place of business mm -hmm. and work. Mm -hmm. um, I won't name names, but there was a PTA group of folks who said, we're going to go after Mr. Gonzalez's Disney contract. I think we'll write to the university that Dr. Komorowski works for. And what about prior relationships in his life? And can we dig any deeper about his doctorate and find out how to take that away from him? Mm -hmm. I mean, egregious yeah. stuff. And I understand if you have differing opinions and policy and perspective, I honor your First Amendment right to share that. But to go after someone personally, I can't imagine being Mr. Gonzalez and having those young children and dealing with it. So it was really sad for me to see him leave. But on the other hand, I'm glad that he made the decision of what was best for his family. And if I had younger kids, I might have done the same. Because at the end of the day, you have to weigh what you're trying to do, the good and the heart that you want to pour into people and organizations and processes. But if all you're going to get is the hate and your children are, are, are going to um, feel that, it's, I guess, at the end of the day, not worth it. And that's what each person needs to decide, right? So I wish him well. I miss him. But I'm glad he's out there in Texas developing a new life. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because whenever whenever people, you know, we have the Komorowski magnet on the side of the car and, you know, sometimes people ask me about it or talk to me or whatever. And it always trips me out when people are like, how can you support that guy? And, and I just think, how can you support the people that are doing these ridiculous acts of harassment and belittling? to our community members. Like, what are we even talking about? But do you, you think know? they see it? Because there's a narrative of the press, there's the narrative of the union, and then there's activists here in the community determined to work with those other two groups. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of power and there's a lot of money and there's a lot of airtime giving yeah. those messages. So mm -hmm. do you think the average voter has any idea of the full context of the conversation? No, no. That's no. And, no. And that is... What's going to be very important about this recall is that we tell the rest of the story. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people know how much Dr. Komorowski has given, all the policies that he's created, all the time that he's spent away from his family, outside of his job, crafting policy and what he feels is important. It's a tough job, I'm sure, to sit on that dais, direct a meeting, be able to speak to it, prepare, also parent, be a college professor. We don't do this full time and yet it mm -hmm. becomes kind of a full time process. And I am hopeful that when people hear more about what's been accomplished and how we're the stop gap protecting kids, that they'll reconsider recalling him. All you need to do is look around the country and see that there's somewhat of a war in education for philosophies, for um, which direction people wanna go with a number of different issues. And you hate to put it that way, but it is, we're really on the front line. And when I ran for this particular position, I, Saving America starts with school board and it does because the kids are the next generation. We, we need to give them everything we can and do it as well as we can. And we're gonna have differing opinions, but that's why we have elections. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, Dr. Komorowski's given a year and I'm sure hoping that he can reintroduce his values and say, this is what I've accomplished and here's what could be lost if we lose him. 
Right. It's yeah. a lot bigger than people know. And I'm going to make sure that they understand that. I'm going to work hard. So let's talk a little bit about that with the recall. Because, I mean, obviously it's really relevant. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I have an optimistic view towards it. I feel like, I, I feel like, you know, they didn't really, if you look at the numbers that Dr. Komorowski got when he, when he got voted in, um, <laughs> the number that was actually counted for right. their numbers was, it was only 41 votes off of the people who already didn't vote for him. So I, I feel like the community has kind of already spoken. They had to get 20%. They turned in like, what, 23% of the votes. Um, and I, I feel like they definitely knocked on every door in the district. They worked hard. So that means 80, oh, yeah. o- almost 80% of his trustee area said, no, go right. away. I'm not signing that. Absolutely. You know, so they know that. The recall effort knows that. So I've been waiting to see, okay, how are they going to continue this polarization? Because they need to continue to spin the narrative. They still need to win people over, which to me is pretty clear based off of the signatures they got. I don't know. What What are your thoughts about that? I'm optimistic, but I'm cautious because I saw their organization and I saw how dedicated they were to getting what they wanted. And we can't under, underestimate that. Mm-hmm. It is a battle. And I know there's a lot of support out there. There's a lot of people that don't want to step into the arena that are too busy to go to a board meeting, although I would say reconsider and try to come to one. Because once you step in, as you know, you're changed. You have skin in the game and you understand a lot more. So I am hopeful, but I don't take that for granted. Nothing can replace one-on-one conversations with people. And I truly believe that those that support Dr. Komorowski and are willing to come out and go back into the neighborhoods and talk about what he's accomplished will be priceless. And if that's done and if the rest of the story is heard, then I think I'll have some peace in knowing it is up to the people. Mm-hmm. But we have to do the work. We have to be willing to communicate. And I think that's one reason why people hate me because mm-hmm. I am dedicated to the cause. I'm going to work hard and they know it. So I think if we can go through the policies and have people understand just what kind of change has been enacted, how we have an amazing new superintendent now who is strong and is aligned with the vision of the board. Obviously, we had the majority last year. Things have changed right at the moment, but he's a great leader with a lot of experience. He loves people, but I think he'll hold folks accountable. And I think He'll facilitate things for us that we didn't see in the past. And that's going to make all the difference. So I'm confident moving forward that people will see truth. And one of the greatest things I think Dr. Komorowski and I accomplished was creating policy BP 6000, which has to do with curriculum. I don't know how many people heard about the angels in America and that entire situation that erupted last spring. But there was a drama classroom where a teacher pulled a resource from the library. So it was in the system. It had been there for many years. We were told it had never been checked out. But he pulled that in, and it was one of six to eight different plays that his students could choose from. And a 15-year-old decided, hey, Angels in America, sounds intriguing, sounds amazing. 
and the group went to work on that. And what they discovered in reading through this play is that it had over a hundred F words. There was an explicit sex scene. There was pervasive vulgarity. There were things in there that deeply offended her family. And when the mom wrote a letter to the principal, to the teacher, to the district office, the server didn't even allow the material to go through. It bounced back. And so the irony of that was looking at the material that was offered in a classroom. The mom did her due diligence and reported it and it couldn't even get through. And when it finally did in a board meeting and she read the material, I was shocked because inclusion can never include abusive material like that. We don't know where kids are in terms of addiction or if they've ever been harassed or if they've gone through abuse and you can't unring that bell. So for students to read that at 15 years old, highly inappropriate. Yeah, That gave us the springboard to say, okay, we've got to change policy. No pornography, no erotica. We can't have pervasive vulgarity, obscenity. These are legal terms. And we worked hard to create that in honor of this family and to protect other children in the district. And it's not book banning, which is what the press is gonna say. It's curating what we have and if parents feel it's appropriate they can check it out at the public library they can buy it on amazon yeah but on my watch if it's got that kind of material i'm going to err on the side of protecting the hearts and minds of children ed code actually requires us to do that it calls for patriotism for morality for teaching things that are true and right and that wasn't one of them another play on that list was buried child now that was about an incestuous relationship where a baby was conceived that baby was born, it was killed, and then buried under the house, okay? And I looked at that and went, what happened to Fiddler on the Roof and Sound of Music? <laughs> like, yeah, right. what happened Charlotte's to the musicals? Web. I mean, like, okay, and I understand we need diversity. They're people like, are no, gonna, that pig is racist. Right, and, and people are gonna hear this and go, we need diversity, absolutely. We do, but we have to draw the line. Yeah. And the school board, we create policy closest to the student. So what we need to do is say, okay, how can we pull back and work together? And actually it's been collaborative. We've had directors, we've had um, assistant superintendents work with us. We're gonna come out with a rubric. So this isn't just a Jen and Joe thing. It's it's gonna be the entirety of the district. And you know what? We're gonna set the pace here in Southern California where I think other districts will reach out and say, what do you got on your rubric, mm-hmm. right? It's not book banning, it's what's best for the kids. So that is something that I know Dr. Komrowski will talk about. If people will listen, he's gonna explain it. And I don't care whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, an independent, I think you're gonna agree on that. And that's the story that people need to hear about. You know, what? what's interesting is, this is the second time I've heard it now that Ed Code talks about morality. and society and culture has never been a replacement for morality that's that's not how it works morality is what's right and what's good and what's appropriate and i'm not uh i'm not a christian who attends church or anything i'm not religious in the traditional sense so it frustrates me when i see you and joseph standing on morality like you're supposed to do and then they spin it as if Oh, you guys are just standing on your, your religion. You're right. posturing on your policies. Like, no, this is this is morality. That's that's what that's what religious people are actually best at is understanding morality. Well, and I'll tell you, it's subjective, right? That morals are subjective, and you could argue the semantics on that. 
But when it comes to a 15-year-old reading the F word 125 times, and this particular play disparaging people of the Mormon faith, the Jewish faith, I don't care whether you're gay or straight. There should be no sex scene you should be reading. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people agree. It's just then the people that come to some of the school board meetings are going to defend it to the hilt. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so interesting to see the two sides that are drawn. And people need to watch some of these meetings and figure out, okay, this is the group advocating for everything and no parameters. They're supporting the recall. Here's the people that are saying, no, wait, we do need to have policy that protects the kids. And that's reasonable. Mm-hmm. We're not putting Bible verses on our walls. <laughs> We're saying we need to curate curriculum and err on the side of thinking about the hearts and minds of these kids. And that's what we're going to do. And it's so funny. You tell us that. And everything else in the world, there's like rated R movies for graphic sexual scenes, 17 up, 18 up to vote, 21 for cigarettes, 21 by alcohol. But then if you want to read this like play about, you know, the most vulgar sex scene at 14, cool. It's like, so th- I remember talking, that's how I met you at the one we're in line for the, at the theater and I was talking to these grandparents about angels in America and they were trying to say their defense is always like, that wasn't sent in that book and some other kid was like, well that was an award winning play. I was like, I don't care. It could have been an award winning play for like adults in theater. Yes, I get it, but it's vulgar. And they're trying to say, well, well, I don't know what your definition of vulgar is. You know, like they're playing the semantics word. Oh, right. And so is I it educationally that. suitable for <laughs> yes. a 15 or 16 year old? And people will argue it's sad that we're at this place in society where that's the case. That's why you elect board members. Right. That ultimately make decisions because the kids have their whole life to be exposed to so many things. And people have said, well, they see it online or they yeah, see it in the movies. Well, yeah. on education time, when you're with us for five, six, seven hours a day, I would hope we'd do our best to give you something different mm-hmm. and give you the education without the controversy, without the vitriol, and without the erotica and the obscenity. You, you don't need it in your classroom. And I'll never forget, though, it was like these two grandparents are like my grandparents' age talking to them, and they didn't really believe what I was saying. And I ran to Danny, and I ran to the mom of the student that had that read the play. So I, like, I remember I took the mom and I went back. We, I'm like, let me go find those there. grandparents. You walk back, <laughs> I found the grandparents. I'm like, hey, can I talk to you? Because every time I talk to these people, it's like pretty cordial, even if they're on the other side. Right. They snicker and say stuff under their breath until you stop them and go, are you want to discuss it or what? And then if they start coming, and then once they have any type of pushback, they like crumble. So anyway, so I go back and I was like, here's the mom of the, with the play. So you can listen to what was said. Like she'll tell you. And then you could tell me if you think she's lying. She's telling like the most, she's telling it like, you know, almost crying. Yeah. Telling the story. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget. I, I looked, this happened. I looked at Derek and I just walked away. I'm like, bro, we just walk away. What the, what the grandfather say? What'd he say? (laughs) Not to laugh. But I was like, so yeah, like I said, the mom's like crying, telling them. And it's like the grandma and the grandpa, they both have sunglasses on. So she gets done. And I go, see? So, like, don't you think? Like, what do you think? Like, that shouldn't be. And he's like, oh, and that, like, oh, and that's going to, like, hurt, like, a 15-year-old's feelings. And, like, the mom was like, I got to go. I got to get out of here. Like, and I was like, after hearing, I was like, sir. I was like, <laughs> I totally did not expect that response from you just now. I'm like, that's the most craziest thing I've ever seen. But when he said that, like his wife looked at him like shocked that he like was still defending it. Like that he was like saying like, oh, what your student got offended by that. 
it like it opened my eyes to they are so far down the rabbit hole it's like Mm -hmm. even i'm not gonna jump on this whole vaccine thing but even with the vaccine stuff it's like once you've done that and gone so far, it's like you can't admit, you, you can't. Some people are coming back. It's like, whether it's the old saying, it's easier to fool somebody to like, for them to admit they've been duped or fooled. Mm-hmm. Even though we have nothing to gain from it. You know, it's like so funny during that whole thing. Like you said, the school board thing popped off from COVID. This all stemmed from parents coming and then not being heard. Right. I am kind of optimistic too. And I think to close it out real quick on that part, it's like, like you said, they can't stop us from going door to door. Shoot, we could print out that script, you know, door to door in Kamrowski's district. Absolutely. They could stop us online and shadow ban our post and try to censor, but they can't stop us from knocking on the door and go to face to face. And I think, like you said, most people, normal human beings, unless you're like that grandpa who's probably... <laughs> Well, and we're we're big believers in parental rights and hearing people out, but that was also a policy we felt was very important. We love all facets of our student body. Parents love their students most, and so there shouldn't be any secrets between the school and their child. And if there's an issue of violence or drug use, or if someone comes to a teacher and talks about wanting to change their name, their locker room, their gender... This is something that should be brought to the family mm-hmm. unless there's an abusive situation going on and there's safeguards there to be sure. We need to assume parents are not abusers and that they're going to help their student through whatever they're struggling with. Right. And there's an initiative right now going on protecting kids, California protecting kids. And interestingly, it centers on these things, protecting women's sports. Mm-hmm protecting women's locker rooms, advocating for if a 15-year-old decides to consider cutting off her breasts and wanting to change her gender, well, maybe that's not appropriate until you're 18 years old. That kind of life-altering decision is so dangerous. And the parental right notification was about saying, we've got to include families. And Dr. Komorowski has been at the helm of that. People need to understand that. Now, my hope is with the initiative that we get a million signatures across the state. If we do and it goes on the ballot, that could be a silver bullet in the sense Mm -hmm. of it, it takes away some of the controversy from the school districts because I'm sure it's hard on administrators and teachers and counselors to navigate this. Mm, A lot of them love their students. And I understand that I am going to be a parent advocate and I'm going to love these students, and I'm I'm always going to say they need to work together, and the schools need to work with them. But that's a difficult position for these schools. So wouldn't it be great if a million people throughout the state of California signed their name, it went on to the ballot, and we voted on it? Because this isn't a partisan issue either. Mm-hmm. Democrats, Republicans, 70% believe that kids should not be making these life-altering decisions that we need to protect. Mm-hmm women in the locker room, for example. Um, and state law does say you need to allow people that identify to use the room that they would like. And I understand that. But we also have to look at what can we do to protect the young woman who might feel sexually harassed or be uncomfortable. You have to finesse and work with every student. You have to have equity in every situation. Mm-hmm. And these are the struggles that we face. So I'm hopeful for this initiative that Californians see it as a chance to protect kids on a greater level because that's going to make a difference. And what I want to tell people in area four is if this is something you believe in, 
Dr. Komorowski is at the helm of this mm -hmm. on your school board. Yeah. He's a leader. It's something else that they need to consider. Yeah. No, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. I have the we got a bunch of the signature pages. Mm -hmm. it, and it's unfortunate how how it's worded. Yeah, how it's worded. Yeah. But yeah. Um, And you know the attorney general's being sued. Right. Because mm -hmm. of how he chose the verbiage about it taking rights away from people and and it's it's misconstrued when yeah. you read through it it's misrepresented yeah. but hopefully people will read and understand that's why it's so important to be informed politics doesn't have to be your whole life but when you choose to vote please read mm -hmm. both sides you need to read and be knowledgeable before you mark that particular box and hopefully people will do that with dr komorowski and not go with the mantra of uh the union or the press enterprise or what they see on a sign it, they need to do their homework and hopefully we can help them do that you know i'm curious to know because uh you know i've i've been loud and adamant and out there i, I i've supported great. the three oh thank you <laughs> you, you know we've we've been supporting the three and i like i like everything that i that i see you know and and, and I have conversations with people and I and I tell them, like, I don't agree with every single thing the board members say or do, but sure. the policies that have been passed, I like and I agree with and I appreciate. But looking back, I'm, I'm actually curious to know, and I don't think we've asked any of the board members this before, but is there anything that you look back on and say, you know, I wish I would have done that differently or presented it differently? Is there anything at all that you've thought about with that? I have thought about it. And... Uh... I don't regret any of the policies that we've passed or spoken to. However, I will say when it comes to that first initial resolution that was passed with critical race theory, we walked in as brand new trustees, not really knowing what to expect. We didn't have a lot of training prior. We didn't have a lot of support, quite truthfully, walking in. And what I didn't understand that night is when we talked about critical race theory, was how few people really understood what it was and the heart of our intentions. And we had a workshop several months later, but if I could do it differently, I would have flipped the order of that and how oh. it rolled out. What I would have done is chosen to host that workshop first because we had incredible people from all over the country, different races, ethnicities. Some were religious, some weren't. One was Jewish. Um, I think two were Jewish, actually. Um, one or two were Democrats. And yet they spoke very forcefully with great expertise to what critical race theory is and what it is not and why it's important. Because, see, the state of California is going to require ethnic studies for all students. And in this next year, we have to look at curriculum. If you know where you stand on critical race theory and you understand that it's divisive and it divides people up into groups of the oppressed and the oppressors, very controversial, you can choose curriculum that builds on those philosophies or you can choose to be constructive. And we knew that we wanted to set a precedent of what we felt was right. But I think if we'd had that workshop first and maybe invited more students to be a part, the walls wouldn't have gone up so quickly. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we listened to students that night talk about the fact that they were concerned we wouldn't teach all history, that we would want to erase segregation or racism or um, what the black population has faced or maybe internment camps and, and the things that have not been right in our country. 
And that was never the case. I've always said we need to teach the good, the bad, and the ugly. But at the end of the day, America is amazing because we've come so far. Mm -hmm. And when you look at politics or businessmen or people that have achieved, they're of every color. We've seen so many people take hold of the American dream. And, and I don't think our kids understood that. So the protest was there and it was ugly. And we still made the decision. I didn't know it was how, how that vote would go. I didn't even know. I didn't bring it to the agenda um, that night. But I knew where I stood on it. Again, I just wish we had flipped it. If we'd had the workshop first, I think we would have had more people there. And then the workshop erupted in chaos. And then the story became the chaos mm -hmm. instead of what critical race theory is and what it isn't and why it's so important to guide our kids in the right direction. So that that was definitely something that stood out to me. So uh, I'm curious now, right, like to transition a bit into, you know, moving forward, moving on, right? Uh Originally, you were on the list to get recalled, and then right. and then it's just Dr. Kamarowski now. So for sure, we have Jen Wiersma on the board. Uh, you know, for the next like two, three years, is it that, that the seat you hold? The seat we for? hope so. <laughs> I, I've been threatened that they're going to start the recall up again. So I'm not going to speak to that and knowing what's going to come in the future. Yeah. But I hope for now, at least through this year, that I'm seated and can continue to make impact. Yeah, I, I, and I'm curious to kind of talk about that, like. What are some things that you see in the future? Is there any recent initiatives that have been going on? Or um, yeah, talk to me about moving forward. What would you like to do with our district? I've had people ask me to bring things forward that aren't divisive, that aren't partisan, that we can all agree to. And so I've spent some time looking at school safety for example. And during my campaign, I talked a lot about watchdog dads. And I know you have been instrumental <laughs> on your kiddos campus with that and that you have a heart for bringing men, dads, grandpas, uncles, big brothers onto a campus to be extra eyes and ears because we're all better as a community when we volunteer and we serve. And so that's been an area where I've put my focus. I know our crossing guards are incredible people that have these huge jobs that quite frankly are dangerous and not well paid, you know, I, and they don't do it for the money. I, I'm not a trustee for the money, um, but but they provide such an important service in protecting our kids. And during the campaign, I met um, a couple of them. Heidi's just been a gem and it's helped me understand what the classified staff do, how they're the backbone of our district and how much they need help. And so in the last two weeks, one thing I've been able to do in collaboration with our security director and our new superintendent is get a radio into the hands of Ms. Arcelli at Bella Vista Middle School, who on her own directs hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars and kids every day. And if you listen to her stories, they're harrowing. I mean, I don't, I don't know how she does what she does day after day. Well, it's because she's called to do it, right? And so I took the time to hear from her. Um, Josh came to a meeting and talked about her situation. And I kind of said, okay, come hell or high water. In the next two weeks <laughs> before the next meeting, we're going to get a radio in her hand. And we did. And it was a joint effort. The other thing that I brought to the table at the last meeting was talking about D.A.R.E. D.A.R.E. is something that we've all heard about for years. It's a decades-old organization that's known internationally. It's impacted millions of children, hundreds of thousands of deputies, and it's evolved, okay? So the D.A.R.E. of the 80s or 90s, it's not the same as what's going on today, and it's a good thing because yeah. we're in a fluid era where things have to change, and our deputies 
need to receive that. So I brought to the table um, an initiative where I think it was $5,600. We would spend that money for a deputy to go to Arizona and receive 80 hours of intense instruction so that he could come back and go to, I believe it's Rancho Elementary School in the fifth grade and pour into these kids. I know our teachers teach a lot of great things, but they need support. The deputies have a special place in their heart for these kids. One of the most valuable things we can do is teach them to trust and to respect our first responders. Because if they develop that before they head into middle school or high school, what do you want to bet they might talk to them as a friend? What do you want to bet that police officer is going to say, let me talk to you about your choices. And you may not have it in fifth grade, but let's talk about fentanyl. Let's talk about violence or alcohol. Let's talk about how you can decide right now as a fifth grader where you're going to go in middle school and how you might want to avoid some things that aren't going to be good. And so for me, it was all about the relationships and the mentoring. So to put $5,600 into Deputy Cortez, it's nothing. It's priceless. We spend hundreds of thousands of dollars every year on professional development, $8,500 for our board to go and train at the California School Board Association for three days, six or $7,000 for our people in PR to go and learn how to do it better, to talk about TVUSD's strengths. This was a drop in the bucket, well worth it for him to go out. And I think Mrs. Barclay brought up the fact that, well, what if we invest in him and then he's gone at the end of the year? What if any of us are gone? That's <laughs> yeah. not a reason yeah. to not invest. Right. Yeah. She might be gone right. at the end of the year. She just went to CSBA. We don't know, but the thing to me is that that deputy is going to continue to change lives. So if I can invest him in, invest in him this year and he changes some of what our fifth graders learn and he's at a different school in two years, so be it. I don't mm. regret that because he's going to have influence and he's going to have influence over other deputies. So that decision that night bothered me because she said that she's had the expert advice wisdom, the years of experience, but she's been there for a couple of years. Where were your suggestions? Where right. was your program? Where was your organization? Is it that you're not looking at the principle of this, but the partisanship of it? Are you choosing politics over principle? Mm -hmm. Because we're accused of doing that yeah. all the time. This is something we should all agree on. It's $5,600. If it had been $4,999, it wouldn't have come to the agenda. It just would have happened. You know, but it was out of state. We needed to vote on it. And the fact that my colleagues voted it down to me is disingenuous. It's hypocritical. And in the end, it's not about me. It's about the kids. Right. That lost. Mm -hmm. Especially mm -hmm. with, especially they always claim that they care so much about the kids That's and right. their safety. And she, and you're, and they never have any solutions. What was Schwartz and Barclay's uh, solution? What were the other programs they were thinking about? They didn't have any. And then Sharf, who comes up and speaks all the stats on D.A.R.E., bringing up statistics from, you know, 30 years ago. When the guy that's like presenting the, the whole sales thing that's the expert in it goes up on the screen, they leave. They don't even listen back <laughs> to his rebuttal. They don't, don't want to hear how yeah, they're that's wrong. That's what I mean. So yeah. they'll say something and someone will say, no, you're wrong. They'll just walk out. So it's so funny. That's why you have to go to the school board meetings because you don't see them leaving while the, per, the expert's speaking. And she's a teacher. 
So you know they're disingenuous or else they'd want to sit down and be like, oh, was I wrong? Let me hear what this... They don't give anybody a fair shot and it's because you brought it up. That's right. It's been no to parental rights. It's obvious. It's been no to the policy to Mm -hmm. protect the curriculum. It's been no to honoring the American and state flag as the only flags that should be flown on campus. It's been no to anything. It's been straight resistance. And at the end of the day, that's what people need to understand. They're asking us to be collaborative and and to bring forward issues that we can agree on. I did that mm-hmm. on Tuesday night, and they said yeah. no. And that's right. their prerogative as a board member, okay? That is their right, but it exposes yeah. the heart of where they're at, and that's what people need to understand. And and I've, I've felt that way for some time. I remember uh, something that I... I I didn't care one way or the other about, right? It was the 5G tower thing, the second time it got brought up. Um, and Allison had made a comment like, you know, I would have loved to see some new information and be able to read up on this, but nobody presented that. And and I just think, does she hear herself? You no. are the you are the board member. You, if that's what you wanted to do, then that is your obligation to do that. Why did you not do? You're, you're telling us that you would have loved that. If that's true, then why didn't you just do it? And 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 I don't mean to make things polarizing, but it's just it's hard to deny that Allison and Stephen just don't want to work with you with with you and Joseph and even and Danny said it before he left that they buck at every turn. If you just pay attention, how can you deny that? That's exactly what's going on. They put it seems like they put more effort into helping canvas for the recall, and then Absolutely. Stephen sits there rolling his eyes and storming off when he hears things he doesn't like, and it's just. Mr. Schwartz attended a recent recall meeting where they gave the updates. I believe Mrs. Barclay was there as well. And again, Miss Jane Elliott was there. And this is someone again who has said, we should take in God we trust off the coins, take it out of the pledge. There should be no religion, which we're going to talk about AB 1078. The law actually requires that we do teach religion in schools, but we need to be diverse in doing so. That is what they support. And that is what people need to understand. And Mr. Schwartz loves kids, and I love seeing him love kids. And I will say that on the board, we've all supported our schools well. So I give them that. But he's also out running resistance. He's called us Christian white nationalists. That's bigoted. There's no room for religious bigotry in our district. We just passed a discrimination policy on that. And I brought it up. If we expect this of our kids, we better darn well expect it of our teachers, Mm -hmm. of our staff, and on the board. There is no room to be calling names and to be bigoted. And so that's the truth I'm going to continue to speak, but I'm going to appreciate what he has brought to the board. So it's important that I recognize that. I don't hate Mr. Schwartz or Mrs. Barclay, but... It's disturbing to me that they voted so many things down that I think this community believes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she actually uh, she messaged me because of the what I posted on social media, and uh, her and I had an exchange, and and I and I told her the same thing. Like I don't I don't hate you or despise you. Like it's not the end of the world, and you're still a board member. Right. But I just I would just like to see like real professional courtesy. That I mean that that's really what I would like to see. And you know, Stephen, Mr. Schwartz. 
I saw him at Costco not too long ago and, and he's like, I was like, Hey, Mr. Schwartz, how are you? Like super cordial. He embraced me. We hugged. Oh, you're, you know me from the school, but then you're one of my people. And then I go up there to talk and he won't even look at me. And it's like, man, are you just like, are you just being a politician here? Or like, is that genuine? Like, I, it's I theater yeah, on yeah, some level, yeah, right? Because you've got your like. team that's there. And I think there's that goal to appease that mm. because you'll see people from the Temecula One Pack holding up cards, giving hints or uh, no to this. Yeah, you you can see it <laughs> on the video. Um, and I think they're, they're taking cues from that. And it is what it is yeah. at this point. That's why moving forward, I don't know what to think. Right now it's two to two. We're gonna to try to appoint someone. If we can't find someone, it'll go to special election and then eventually the community is gonna to have to decide. That's why it's so important that we get out and talk about these issues because once I start talking to people one-on-one, -on -one, then I walk away at peace knowing, okay, they've heard things circumspectly and I can understand now you can make an informed decision. Where they're at right now with what happened, they're not there yet. And it's our responsibility to try to take it to them. And I hope there's people in this community that are willing to get out there and help us because we can't do it just by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And on a board, the thing that I've learned is we're point people, but we depend on all of you coming to meetings. We depend on you to step up and lead at Temecula Middle School, the watchdog dads. <laughs> I need moms to be involved in the PTA to help organize the family dances and to sit on committees to look at curriculum so that we get different perspectives. Um, we're still talking about social studies, right? And making the chapter that was uh, in question better to be sure it's educationally suitable. And as I mentioned, AB 1078, it was actually legislated in real time as we were having discussions in our district about what to do about social studies. And from the top, for me, having done the research, I wanted to make sure it was robust enough, that it was well-rounded, that it was educationally suitable. I didn't wanna see a figure talked about who was an activist with his sexuality because I felt like it would open the door to, to something an eight and nine-year-old didn't need to discuss. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what we talked about is bringing in different people, maybe a Sally Ride or a Tim Cook who were gay. That's not what they were known for. They had incredible achievements, you know, and uh, when it comes to Harvey Milk, it was a bit different because it was an activist uh, level that he took. And I just think that's more appropriate for older children. Yeah. So that was always our intent. And so I think it went from the superintendent to uh, the state. Uh, legislators, you know, um, our attorney general, our governor. And I think Mrs. Barclay had a direct line, you know, to calling them and alerting them. And, and it's unfortunate because at the end of the day, what we wanted to do was get better and teach diversity and all of the things that the FAIR Act requires us to do, but also honor the parents. And what AB 1078 did is it kind of laid some parameters in place. It was crafted and recrafted. But what's fascinating is that it actually requires teachers to teach about religious figures and their positive contribution to society. And so when Ms. Elliott shared her viewpoint about the fact that she thinks there's no room for religion, well, actually, it's the law. You mm -hmm. have to share about that. So yeah. my example is, what if we take Ronald Reagan, who was in the bios for TCI, and talk about his faith? In God, what it did is that divine relationship that he had inspired him to battle communism all over the world. Right. He worked with the Pope, Pope John Paul, 
and said, you know, this is how I feel because of my faith that all men deserve to be free. It was his faith in humanity that led him down the road to leave a legacy, not just in the state of California or the country, but the entire world. Mm -hmm. And isn't that an amazing contribution? So you tie faith in and you tie in what he did as a governor, as president, that's what I'm talking about. And that's the idea that I think parents can bring to the table. So whatever we talked about with social studies got way blown up into directions that it didn't need to go. And it's fine that it did, because at the end of the day, here's where we're at now. Mm -hmm. And Assemblyman Corey Jackson never called me. I didn't get a call from Bonta to talk about the heart of what we were after. We were just labeled extremists. For sure. And then the Temecula One Pack ran with it. Our colleagues ran with it. And we never really got a fair shot to talk about it. Yeah. So here I, we are. I, I think we've we've had guests on who support the recall. And uh, we talked to them. And that's one of the big things that I think Aaron brought up. And I think he had a fair point where he was saying like, well, it's just in the supplemental material. It, it w it's not in the main book. It's in the extra material that the teacher would have to go out of their way to present. And I, and I understand that, but I still feel like, yeah, but that's, don't you see the, the, the possible issue there? And the PDF was in the issue. teacher's manual. Okay, so you have the kids edition, you have the teacher's manual, there's a PDF that you can download and pass out. So there's some discretion there that a teacher has. That a teacher has. A teacher should have some independence and creative ability to speak into their classroom. That's where a board comes in. And you look at curating curriculum and saying, how can we make it better? How can we be careful with who we're looking at? And that's the beauty of local government. That's where the governor overstepped. That's where the attorney general came in and blew it up into something that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And we never intended for those biographies to stay closed. We wanted for the focus not to be in this one area, but on others. And then the, the ramifications were they all got closed. Well, at this last meeting, we said, open them up because there's too many people like a Ronald Reagan or a pastor or you know a Clara Barton that these kids need to be able to learn about. So we're at a much better place now than we were six or seven months ago. That's good. Mm -hmm. That's good. And, and, and I think that it, it, it just... It got so polarized, right? Because they, they also use that to say like, oh, see, they're trying to ban books. It's like, well, you can't use, you can't say that Harvey Milk's not in the book. He's in the supplemental material and then say that the board is using Harvey Milk to ban the book. You just told me that Harvey Milk's not in the book. That's you right. Know? And, and, and I just think it's important for the community to get the full transparency of the picture because things get so polarized. One side says they're trying to ban books. The other side says like, it's in the book. And, and it both extreme ends are completely wrong. And book banning is a trigger word. Correct. Right? You see yeah. it with Moms of Liberty. You see it on CSNBC. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. see it everywhere. So that's the trigger yeah. where people react. Yeah. And so if they can throw that out there, people are like, oh no, we don't want to ban books. No, it's curating curriculum. And that is our job. It's one of our highest priorities as a trustee. It's something we don't take lightly and it's why we didn't rubber stamp it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, huh? They, yeah, they're they're using those trigger words from like World War Two, like same with the white nationalist. <laughs> like that brings up like it that brings up stuff with like Hitler being, you know, then and oh, is this well? Like, and I've been called a Nazi. Yeah, yeah. I've been well, called they, a racist. Yeah, they just yeah. Derek, Derek, like they, Derek gets that all the time. Huh? <laughs> no, actually, they right. don't call me Nazis. Like funny enough, other stuff. But and, and isn't that the funny thing? Because as you look at the persecution of Jewish people around the world and what the Nazis did. I am the first as a Christian to stand up and defend my Jewish brother and sister. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I would tell Mr. Schwartz all day long, I believe in you. And if this is your faith, I support you. There is no room anywhere on a university campus, in any school, in any country 
for Jewish people to be persecuted the way they are. But you know what? The Bible does say that they will be and that they're chosen people. Mm -hmm. So I know we're not talking about biblical things here, but if you look at prophecy and that aspect, they've always faced that. And as a Christian, I will defend them. I will also defend a Muslim student. I will also defend someone who's talking about Islam for their ability to worship. But don't come at me with a label of being a Christian white nationalist and that I'm canceling people. Uh Uh-uh. I'm not. And my Christian faith actually requires that I give people that freedom. And yet I'm going to speak truth. But people want to cancel me. And Hmm. uh, I'm going to keep moving forward. One of my biggest frustrations with the white Christian nationalist thing, right, or when they try to tie it to Nazis, I'm well versed in the Marines and the military men who are willing to put their lives on the line. And a lot of them are have very, very strong connections to the Christian faith and Jesus Christ and, and biblical belief. And that almost drives them during time of war. And and it's it's almost a slap in the face to the World War II veterans because you know how many of those people that fought in World War II that, that freed the, the Jews that were being held by the Nazis that were strong Christian you know, uh, American extremists. I mean, they were out there fighting and killing for their country and their belief and believing in the freedom for all. And so... Do you know there were Christians that didn't say a word about the Jewish people being taken to camps? Did you know that there were churches in Germany that turned a blind eye? So they have a whole entire area at the uh, Holocaust Museum in DC, it's called They Were My Neighbors. And mm-hmm. they and they talk about that. Over time, it just became normal. It that's was just, right. that's just what it was. That's and right. It's, it, yeah, it's it's ugly. When you look at the, the way the human mind can be molded and manipulated to think a certain way. Um, it starts in baby rare. steps. That's yeah. right. Well, there was a group called the White Rose Resistance during World War II. And they were, they were a group of, young Christian people in their early 20s who went to churches and said, what are you doing? Why are you not standing up for these people who are Mm -hmm. being murdered? And they called pastors out and they threw pamphlets from different locations throughout Germany. And they went to universities and threw these. And you know what happened? They were actually reported by a janitor, if I'm remembering correctly, who was a Nazi. And those young people, I believe her name was Sophie, she was beheaded for actually speaking truth. And she was going to bat in the churches. So my point is, is you can't take Christian white nationalists and connect them with Nazism because there were those who didn't call it for what it was. There were those who called out the Christians for not doing enough. Mm -hmm. And we failed the Jewish people. That's why when I see what's happening today, I don't take it lightly. That's why when we pass a policy about harassment and discrimination, and I I go to a campus, which I did, and and celebrated um, a Bible club that was meeting, there was a group that formed outside that classroom and they they chanted and they waved their flags and I heard that some students were spit on when they exited that classroom. Guess what? Actually, it's religious bigotry and discrimination. We need to have that policy apply to all situations, whether it's religion, whether it's someone uh, choosing their sexuality or gender. It it can't be the rules for me or not for thee. We've mm-hmm. got to be consistent. And so I will always call it out on any side. And people need to know that, that I'm going to be consistent. Truth is consistent. And that's mm-hmm. why the other side has problems. Because when you shine the light of truth on things and they can't answer you, like outside you were having a conversation, mm-hmm. it's because light and truth will eventually win out. And they can choose to believe what they want to believe, but 
that's where we need to continue to advocate for what we know is right. And we can disagree respectfully and cordially, but there's too much hypocrisy going on right now. And I'm going to call it out as such. So we're going to pass discrimination policy that applies to everyone. We're going to wave the American flag only because it's the most inclusive. We're not going to do 30 genders and every organization and every religious group. Nope, it's the American flag. That's the best. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that we as an educational institution can cling to because I can't solve the world stage problems right now. Hopefully in 2024 in November, we'll get a president who can, right? (laughs) That's another discussion for another day. But I can affect things on the level of school board and so can you and so can the people in this community. It's about getting truth, weighing it, doing the research. And I think at the end of the day, Dr. Komrowski is gonna keep his seat. Mm -hmm. He's willing to do what people aren't willing to do and we do it collaboratively and that's how we get better we need to set the pace here in california so jen i want to do something fun real quick a new segment uh i want to do a little lightning round i'm going to throw you some questions and i want you to respond in one word no no less than one word obviously and no more than a sentence got it all right all right so in schools do we have ipad time too much ipad time in the classroom currently too much All right. I'll give you a a Joe Biden question. Chocolate or (laughs) vanilla? (laughs) Chocolate. Texas sheet cake. There you go. All right. What's the last club you visited? FCA, which is the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. All right. Coffee or tea? Always coffee with whipped cream. (laughs) Cursive or print? Cursive. Historical documents are written in cursive. All right. What is a book that you'd recommend for high school students? I would recommend Chase the Lion, and I believe it's by Batterson. Zumba or swimming? Zumba, dancing, always. (laughs) (laughs) Trump or Haley? It's got to be Trump. Ooh, all right, all right. (laughs) Is there a place that people can follow you on social media? I would love for people to follow me at Jen for TV USD. It's a personal Instagram, so it's family and where I go and what I do. And it also includes political information and school board. So it's Jen, the number four TV USD. Awesome. Yeah. So we're getting, we're getting close to that time. And I'm curious to know, um, I'd like to know, do you have a message for the staff of TVUSD? And then is there a different message maybe for the parents of TVUSD? What would you say to those two different groups of people? So I would say to our staff, classified, our teachers, executive cabinet, all of those people at the district office, our superintendent, we appreciate you. We know that day in and day out, you give so much. You bring to the families in this community what TVUSD is all about. And I don't take that for granted. To all of the families and the people that have supported me last year, I can't thank you enough. If you decided to say no to that recall, thank you. I appreciate you believing in me. A lot of you sent words of encouragement and notes through email and Instagram that you were praying for me, that you believed in me. And when the days were tough, that's what I counted on. And it's been an honor to represent this community. I'm going to continue to listen and I'm gonna continue to have the courage to believe in what we need to do for the kids to protect them and to do what's best. 
I hope some things will change and then we'll move into the November election. And I hope there's people out there looking at the seats and who's in them right now, because it might be time to bring some other people on, whether it's Mr. Gonzalez's prior position or Mrs. Barclay or Mr. Schwartz. Mm -hmm. Those seats are up, folks. Mm -hmm. So you need to look at the voting records and understand who has supported them, what they have not supported, and then do the research and decide. And I'm happy to talk to you about it if you have questions. I respect them and what they brought to the table. But this community needs to decide looking at this last year and what we have voted on, what I have voted on. And again, I only represent myself today, not the entirety of the board, Mm -hmm, okay? So mm -hmm. I humbly acknowledge that. But the lines have been drawn and people need to figure out where where they stand and what's best for our kids. I love it. I love it. Close this out, Derek, what do you got? No, that's. I just want to say I appreciate for like everything you do. I know you've taken a lot of heat, you know, online and in person. Your family, your son. And it's just. I'm glad you have that faith and that that structure, and the family has you know supporting you and stuff. And it's just, yeah, these people are just vicious. It's so funny. They try to play the victim, but they are just the biggest bullies around town, and. They have no qualms about putting kids out in the front line. They use these kids as pawns. It's so crazy. There's a lot of manipulation. Yeah, and, and they do it so blatantly, and they they keep swearing like they keep saying like they care, but they want to approve the Dare program to stop the fentanyl. Nope, that's right. Don't want to. They could spend millions and thousands for COVID for like you know plastic glass, you know stuff that didn't work, but you want to spend five hundred bucks over the five thousand for a Dare program to like. Obviously, we have a huge drug problem, but it's just crazy their side. Because I listen like some of the stuff they say is like they don't think the border's open. Like their leaders, like Jeff Pack and those people, they don't think the border's open. You can listen to their podcast; they'll say it. They're they'll living say, in a state of delusion. <laughs> yeah, and I like firmly Walmart believe land. there's a veil yep. of understanding. They're going to see it differently. They're not moderate. Yeah. They're extreme. They are, and then they extreme. project onto us who they are, mm-hmm. but they don't see it. I know. And that's the thing that's disheartening to me. I have spent a lot of hours pouring into all kinds of amazing things in the district, as have my colleagues, all of them. And uh, it doesn't matter what I do. It still seems that it's the wrong decision. It's the wrong policy. It's the wrong thing to stand on. And at the end of the day, it just doesn't make sense. That side does not make sense. And I think when they knocked on doors, there were people who who might be uninformed. And sure, when we invested in a new superintendent and bought out a contract, it cost some money. Mm -hmm. Sure, there have been some legal issues, but guess what? The lawfare thrown at us and weaponized, you bet we've got to protect ourselves. And it wasn't just Joseph and I and... Danny, the other two have had some fair share in that. And I won't discuss situations or people, Mm -hmm. but you can bet they brought on some issues as well. Mm -hmm. And then that gums up the wheels. So when people throw out the PRA requests and the litigation and all of those things, that costs time and money. And yet somehow that's all us. No. And we needed to invest in a new superintendent who would come in fresh with no ties, with a new vision to see it differently that wasn't so tightly a part of the group that has been that he couldn't do it 
another way. Right. You know, that's why it's important to bring in fresh leadership. Yeah. That's yeah. what causes change. You have to invest money, time, and people into that process. So that's what people need to understand at the door. Yeah. But yeah. I understand their concerns. So let's do it differently. We've got yeah. someone at the helm that we need. Now let's continue to get the right trustees who can continue to move the ball forward. And I can promise you, I have high hope for what's to come. I think our best days are yet to come. For me, I, I like to be affirmed when I work hard and accomplish something. As a trustee, <laughs> the amount of hate and the crazy that I've gotten, <laughs> it's the opposite. But what's yeah. weird is I come home from a board meeting or I go out and visit a school. Like today I was at Livornia. Yesterday I was at Alamos. Um, tomorrow I'm gonna be at Bella Vista. That gives me so much joy. I love mm. what I do. I love the fact that I have this honor. Come what may with the hate and what people say, I know I have purpose. And for me, as a person of faith, I know it's God-given because the Jen of 10 years ago probably would have wilted when her name went up on Party City or on a tombstone or on a Jumbotron truck. And and, and my kids going, wow, does this whole community hate you? Yeah. <laughs> you right, know, right, and, and yeah. so, but but I, I, I want to keep on keeping on. So as long as God gives me this ability and as long as the good people in this community see me as fit to serve, I will do the best I can do. And if that changes, so be it. But as for now, this is the path that I'm on and the best days could be ahead of us after November. So choose wisely. And if you're out there thinking about running for the different areas that are up, please do it. We need you. We need other voices and we need to inspire this community that local control is where it's at across mm -hmm. the board. Your congressmen, people who are in Washington, D.C., sometimes they don't make enough impact. It's who's here on the school board, the city council, district yeah. supervisor. Those are the ones that make a difference. I don't get paid more than, what, $1,000 a month. I'm not doing it for the money. But the investment in our kids mm -hmm. is priceless. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to keep on doing. And I'm so appreciative that you've let me explain more of the story uh, of who I am and, and what I hope to do. What you guys do is amazing. No, and you no, should be thanked no. and recognized for that because it takes time to volunteer and give of yourself in this process. And thank you for wanting to be a watchdog dad. And I will tell dads out there, if you're listening at Temecula Middle School, join him. <laughs> join him. Because yeah. I'd love to see 30 or 40 dads love on those kids, keep them safer, and support the teachers and the staff and the principal because you'll make it better. And that's where we win. Yeah, no, Temecula. and soon we're gonna we're gonna push it out. When I get a, soon I should have an actual date of when we're gonna do the uh, onboarding for the watchdogs, and then we're gonna pump it out. And uh, I'm excited for that. I've already been talking to dads and stuff. But I want to say to you, Jen, before we close out, thank you so much for everything that you do. It really means a lot to a lot of people in the community. And um, I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. As a dad, as a constituent. I, I want to see a, a board flow smoothly. I want to see a board be cohesive. I want to see a board work together. Um, and even with all of the mucking up that's been going on in, in our board process and passing policy, we've still done so much good in our community. And it almost feels like they don't want you to succeed. They because don't. then then the world sees what happens when you give control to people who are rooted in morality and common sense. That's it right there. You nailed it. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate you and Joseph. Morality and common sense is what I want. 
especially when it comes to my children's schools. And I know the majority of our community feels the same. So once we get through this, this scuffle, hopefully in November, I don't care who's in the seats. I hope they have the same mindset as you as far as let's move the, move the ball forward and, and make the right decisions. Thank you. Thank you for your encouragement. I love this community. I've invested so much of my life in it and I will continue to be here for them. So yeah, let's see where the months take us. And I would say out there, do some research on D.A.R.E. and what it can bring to our elementary schools. And if if you look into it and like what you see, ask Mrs. Barclay, ask Mm -hmm. Mr. Schwartz to reconsider. And I think they will. I think they'll look at the material from the regional director. If they have insight, advice, things to add, so be it. I would love that. Because again, if we can decide on the win for the kids and for the deputy and for the deputy then to influence other deputies and perhaps next year to host a convention of sorts where TVUSD sets the pace Mm -hmm. in bringing in officers from all over the state and we can have more of our people train. Right. What an example is that? That's the big vision thinking that I have. And if Mrs. Barkley and Mr. Schwartz want to join me, if they keep their seats, let's do it. I want to put it aside and work together. So the onus is on them at this point. So I'll continue to do my best, humbly acknowledging I'm not a perfect person or a trustee. I don't get it all right. I can take that constructive criticism. I have made changes, will continue to, but I will never compromise Mm. on the principles and the morality and the truth that I want to continue to communicate and let and and just thank thank you for letting me do this yeah tonight of course no so. all right well thank you guys for tuning in we'll see you guys next week all right see you have later. a great night temecula <laughs> <laughs>